Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except, uh-huh. I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch here on The Guy Benson Show on this Monday. Thanks for listening. We're broadcasting from the Fox News Bureau in London, England. Glad to have you here. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. The podcast free of charge on demand every day. So I told you last week that I was coming over here for a couple of events. The first event was yesterday, last evening, here local time, Sunday. The next one is on Wednesday. And so in order to give myself a little bit of a buffer to get across the pond, get some rest, try to get over some of the jet lag, and arrive in somewhat decent shape for the event on Sunday, I had booked a flight late Friday night. It was the red eye. So leaving around 10 p.m. Eastern from D.C., The goal is to sleep on the plane. You land. It's the morning here. And then I would have kind of a day of recovery on Saturday ahead of the speaking engagement on Sunday. So I got to the airport in plenty of time, had a bite to eat, had a drink or two, getting ready to board. Everything was on time, no problem. We boarded the plane. I settled into my seat. They came around and took our dinner orders because they will offer you a quick service at the beginning of the flight so you can sleep and or you can at least try to sleep. And everything was good. I was watching the Stanley Tucci series on Italy where he just eats his way through Italy. It's just very charming and delightful. And all was good and right with the world until our departure time came and went which is never a great sign. You're not really hearing much of anything. Then I saw a maintenance guy walking through. It's like, okay, what's going on? They announced that there was some sort of an issue that they were trying to resolve, and then they would get us going. So we waited for a while longer, and then they said, okay, it's been resolved. Problem fixed. We have to do the paperwork, then we'll go. Great. Then they came back on the intercom, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, just kidding, The fix had not stuck, apparently, and then the mechanical issue was turning into, for some reason, an FAA issue, and so stand by. We stood by a little bit longer, and then they said, well, this is not going to be addressed adequately this evening, and so we're going to need you to get off the plane. We're going to try to get you onto a different aircraft, and my suspicion is that was a lie. They knew that they weren't going to have a plane just to put a bunch of people onto another plane and fly across an ocean, but they wanted us to, in an orderly way, get off the plane. So we all got our stuff, got up. We'd been sitting there for probably an hour or two at that point. It's 1 o'clock in the morning almost. And we get into the little waiting area, like we're waiting to board, except we're waiting for further guidance. We wait probably 20 or 30 more minutes, and then they say, the flight's canceled. Sorry go down to gate whatever, and there's customer service, and we'll figure it out from there. So there's a stampede to go get help. I called the helpline from the airline, 
and was able to get booked on a flight the next night. There were no morning flights or afternoon flights. It was the following evening or the following late night. And as a matter of fact, they had to put me on another airline. It wasn't even an associated airline. So not to get too nerdy here, but I'm a weird airline geek. United is part of the Star Alliance. And so typically they partner with their alliance friends. That's where you can get code shares and that kind of thing. But occasionally, extenuating circumstances, if they owe you something because it was their fault, it wasn't a weather thing, they can then just book you on other airlines, even if it's out of network, to use kind of a term that somewhat applies here. So they did. They put me on British Airways, which is an American Airlines partner, the next night. And fortunately, that flight was right on time. So 24 hours delayed, I was able to fly across, get a little tiny bit of sleep, and then arrive here on Sunday. I get to London. I check into the hotel, but the room isn't quite ready because it's roughly midday at that point. And so I kind of nodded off in the lobby waiting. They woke me up. I think I'd been out for maybe 45 minutes. They said, your room's ready. Great. So I really didn't have very much time before this event. So I got into the room. I showered and changed. That's basically all I had time to do. And then walked over to the place that I was speaking, which happened to be a 15-minute walk. It was actually lovely. It was Remembrance Sunday here in the UK where they honor their war dead. And many people wear the little poppy flower pin, the red pin, in honor of the fallen. And there were a bunch of events, so I was able to walk past some of those memorials and some of the gatherings, which was moving. I mean, the Brits have fought alongside the U.S. in so many wars on behalf of civilization and freedom so many times, and there are cousins over here. So it was it was moving and poignant, and I walked right past Big Ben, and they were projecting poppies on the side of Big Ben and walked past the Houses of Parliament in Westminster, and I arrived at this place, and I was just so tired. But the adrenaline kicked in. The event went very well. My talk about the elections, I think, went pretty well. Believe it or not, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa was there. (laughs) She attended. I didn't know until I got there. They said, oh, Ernst is in town. And she found out about the event, and she asked if she could come. And we said, of course. So that was very fun. A regular guest on the program, the senator from Iowa, she was there, and we were able to catch up a little bit and talk about election stuff and post-election stuff, so we have to get her back here on the show soon. So the event went well, had a quick bite of dinner afterwards, went back to the hotel, and my game plan when it comes to trying to avoid the jet lag mess is to stay up late enough on the first night over here to then go to bed at a normal sort of late bedtime and then sleep, hopefully, through the night, wake up in the morning, and kind of reset. That was the goal. And it seemed to be working rather well. I stayed up, I watched a few YouTube videos, and was nodding off, forced myself to stay up a little bit longer, finally turned off the light, probably right at midnight. And I was so exhausted that I fell asleep almost immediately, and I slept like a rock, for a little over three hours. And then the fire alarm went off at the hotel. And when I tell you this was very loud, 
I'll, I'll confirm that it works, right? It woke me up and got me very motivated to leave the building. So I guess that's a plus if there's a fire that's endangering your life, you want to get out. Unfortunately, there did not appear to be any fire endangering anyone's lives. It was, it seems, a false alarm, but we had to evacuate. In the, so I was just like woken up from the middle of a deep, exhausted slumber on a different continent. And I was so disoriented. I was like, what is happening? Where am I? It was quite a scene in my room. And I did have my wits about me and the presence of mind to grab my wallet and my passport. And I went out in my pajamas with like a jacket on and just stood out there. It wasn't too cold, thank goodness, with hundreds of guests just waiting. Fire department came. They cleared the building. They let us back in. Took me quite a while to fall back asleep because that was disruptive. I think it's fair to say. But I eventually got back to sleep, slept until maybe mid-morning, and now here we are. So we'll see how things go tonight. That was not ideal. It's not how I drew it up in terms of the flight or the extremely loud fire alarm at 3.30 in the morning. But it is what it is. And at least for now, right now, coming to you doing this show, I feel mostly coherent, kind of rested-ish. So hopefully if I was like slurring any words or making any dumb points, let's just chalk it up to jet lag. Just be kind to me if you would. And then hopefully tomorrow it'll be a little bit easier. I still think with all of that being said, I had a better weekend experience than producer Christine, who has been, Christine, would you say heavily under the weather for the last few days? Oh, yeah, I would I would definitely say that. But can I just ask what just following up on one thing you just said uh, for now on going forward, if I slur my words or say dumb points, can we <laughs> blame it on jet lag? Well, it depends. Have you been on a flight internationally recently? Nope. nope. No. We'll just call it jet lag. <laughs> right, Christine the, has some, some jet now. lag. Yeah, she's she's at home on a Saturday night. And she's on her second bottle, and unfortunately, she's now experiencing a bit of jet lag. That's what I'm going to call it for now on. Okay, but no, that's there, the new there euphemism. Was no, <laughs> there was no jet lag this weekend. Um, Megan, of course you know when kids are in school, they bring home germs and sicknesses, and it, not necessarily COVID, but uh, Megan got hit with something, and uh, she politely and kindly passed that along to her mother. So, uh, no, I have, I've not seen really the outside of anywhere for days. And I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies with Miss Megan. And, well, um, look, you, you know what? I won't even say it. I'm going to let you have your Christmas movie moment because my position is clear and you're just trying to convalesce. So I'll allow it. I hope that you guys feel a lot better very soon. You're a trooper for working from home even because I can hear it in your voice. You're not feeling great, but... The show must go on. The show did go on from London, England, tonight and again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Back here, same time, same place. We will talk to you then. Have a great night. Home stretch on this Tuesday on The Guy Benson Show from London. Thank you very much for tuning in. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. The podcast is free every day. I'll be off the next couple of shows, God willing, back on Friday. Just a note on that. We'll have some great guest hosts here, and it'll be fresh content. So I just want to give you that programming note. I will point out, being here in the UK, they are fully in Christmas mode. Just Christmas stuff everywhere. 
Christmas music, Christmas lights. The restaurant that I went to last night was all of the above, just everything Christmas related. And I will not rehash my position on this because I've commented on it many times over. I've done so year after year after year. I am a somewhat cantankerous Thanksgiving supremacist, or at least someone who is very defensive of Thanksgiving, and I don't like the encroachment of Christmas too early because Thanksgiving needs to stand on its own. You know my position on that. And I love Christmas. I like how Thanksgiving leads us gently into the holiday season with this wonderful festive start in this feast, and then it's off to the races. That's my position. However, I had to sort of second-guess my own position while I'm here because they don't do Thanksgiving here. Thanksgiving is quintessentially an American holiday invented by us. And so while I think it's great, it's just not something that's a tradition anywhere else. And so is it therefore more acceptable or at least less unacceptable for the Christmas creep to start earlier in a way that is less offensive to me here across the pond? And I'm not really sure. I think I'm open to it. I was not viscerally mad about it because they're not actually horning in on territory that should be Thanksgiving territory because they don't do it here. I think that's actually kind of fair. And Christine, I think that you are already drawing the incorrect lessons from this. Of course I am, because I feel like now <laughs> everything is, is changing. So uh, I'll have you know, we have not decorated in this home yet, just due to the fact that we were all sick this weekend. But um, Christmas decorating will start and actually end on Sunday. Do you think that there's any chance that your illness preventing you from doing it might have been, I don't know, like a little little nudge from God being like, it's too soon, Christine? Are you telling me God got Megan and I sick so I couldn't decorate for Christmas? It, I, I, I'm not actually saying that. I'm just really grasping at straws a little bit to see if I yeah. can convince you somehow, some way. But go on. And also, my mother is hosting Thanksgiving, and there's going to be a lot of family there that are not going to be around for Christmas. So I'm trying to encourage her to mm. decorate the whole house so then everybody can enjoy because she, she decorates beautifully. And actually, my sister and I have to go help her this weekend because uh, she recently fell off a ladder. And you need a ladder to decorate her house. Like, that's how oh, much gosh. decoration. Is she okay? Yeah. Uh, she, she will be, she, she's in major physical therapy. They're talking surgery. Yeah. Oh, man. A, a woman of 76 years old, sorry, mom, uh, should never any reason whatsoever. I'm just going to put it out there. Always ask your children for help, please. But, uh, so I will be helping her, uh, do some stuff for Thanksgiving. And I think I'm going to start pulling out her Christmas decor and just start mm. doing it for her and see what she mm. says. I will point out that Thanksgiving, not to alarm anyone, I saw a few people tweeting about this. Thanksgiving is nine days away. We are closing it on a week out. And it's sneaking up, certainly on me, even as the big Thanksgiving guy, because we've been completely immersed in election, 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 right? So all of a sudden you've got this big holiday we're hosting, and we've got a turkey reserved. So I think that's kind of the main deal, right? And my parents are coming down. My sister's coming down. Like, it'll be a fun little crew. But all of a sudden, like, you know, day after tomorrow, we're one week away from Thanksgiving. So just be prepared. I did see a story that because of inflation, 
Some people are doing the math and realizing that it could be cheaper to eat out for the Thanksgiving feast than getting all the fixins and cooking at home. And I understand that. There was one grocery chain, Aldi, which is a discount chain. They've got really good prices in general. They did, at least for a period of time, I'm not sure if it's still active. You should Google this. They were doing like a flashback price rollback to what all the prices were in 2019 ahead of Thanksgiving just to help people, which I think is a very cool thing that they did. I am just, as you might imagine, being a traditionalist, I am such an advocate, even with the difficulty right now in the inflation, of having a home-cooked Thanksgiving meal at someone's house and doing it that way. I'm not saying that a restaurant could not make an absolutely delicious Thanksgiving meal. I'm sure they absolutely could. And it might be more affordable. And I get that. It just, to me, it would be personally, and I'm not necessarily projecting this on anyone else or their experience. For me, if I had to eat out for Thanksgiving, that would be sad for me. And I say that as someone who we have a tradition in my family, every Christmas Eve, we go out to dinner. We cook Christmas Day, but we go out to a restaurant Christmas Eve. That doesn't seem odd to me. That doesn't seem off or, you know, sacrilegious when it comes to holiday tradition. But I don't know. There's there's so much wrapped up in the food component of Thanksgiving. It's really like the central element of the whole holiday that I'm just a big fan of doing it at a home with all those smells wafting through the house throughout the day and Uh, It's just something, obviously, that I get a bit sentimental about. Christine, I know that you are maybe less sentimental than I am about this particular holiday, but I would imagine you would not be rushing out to a restaurant. Oh, I would totally go to a restaurant for Thanksgiving. But but what's funny is I couldn't imagine ever being at a restaurant on Christmas Eve. Like, that to me is home. Like, everybody by the tree we're all you know we're waiting for presents and this and that i could not imagine going to a restaurant on christmas eve ever oh yeah we always do we pick a different restaurant every year we we double up occasionally you know well second or third time but we pick a new place and we go out and we have a nice dinner out and then we typically go to church before so church then dinner then home one round of gifts maybe a movie and then time for bed for Santa, et cetera, right? That's what we do in our house, and I'm sure we'll talk much more about that next month. But one of the other components, just to pull it back to Thanksgiving, because you know me, Dan was actually making this point on our call earlier, and I'm sort of torn on how I feel about this. Black Friday, which is associated with Thanksgiving, of course, all the sales, it's getting earlier and earlier that you're starting to see Black Friday opportunities and sort of discount codes and deals that are being offered. And that's a huge part of the, I guess, corporate and commercial component of Black Friday and sort of the Thanksgiving weekend, which is different. That That's different than the actual holiday itself. But if Black Friday sales are starting earlier, does that mean that Thanksgiving is starting to creep earlier and am I okay with that as a big Thanksgiving fan? I'm not really sure. Dan, are you someone who prefers to do Black Friday shopping on that day itself? That is not something terribly sacred to me, frankly. Well, I used to go with relatives. Remember when, like, flat screen TVs started? And, like, yes. that was the big thing was, like, you got to get there early. People would go out, like, midnight. 
Oh, and there were like stampedes yeah. into these places. And my uncles would take me, and I would go as when I was younger. It was like such a big deal, and that's all just gone. Now there's like Cyber Monday, too, where they have deals. And like every e- other email I get now is just a Black Friday deal. I'm like, it's not Black Friday. What are you doing? Christine, I would guess you're probably done with your Christmas shopping knowing you already. I have like the main stuff done. Some of it's coming here. Some of it's being sent to my mom by the end of this week for Miss Megan. But I do, I agree. Like I miss that Thursday night, you know, where like all of my cousins and I, like, you know, we would help whoever was hosting, you know, clean up. And then we would all go out, uh, possibly go get some drinks. And then we would start shopping at like midnight. And it was so much fun. I believe it or not, guy, I cannot get anybody to go with me anymore to do that. I hmm. begged and begged people and shockingly, which I cannot believe nobody wants to do this. Yeah, I can believe it. I can very much believe that fact check. True. Yeah, that that checks out. But the thing is, Christine, because you are so fastidious about doing your Christmas shopping so early, do you actually perhaps miss out on some of the discounts and the deals that start happening right around Thanksgiving? Are you shooting yourself in the foot by how early you start? Uh, you make a very good point because uh, there's one big, big thing I need to get, uh, Miss Megan. And uh, my husband's like, you have to wait. I know this is going to go on sale. Like, please, I do not want to, you know, lose the sale. So I'm, I'm trusting him. Uh, but I have to say, and I bet you a lot of people do this too, when you start shopping so early and you think you're done – once you get to like the week before Christmas, you start panicking that you do, you didn't do enough or because it's been so long that you start, pa- or maybe I'm the only one, I start panic shopping. And then a lot of yeah, people Yeah, that, that's also life- on brand. That sounds very, all of this is very on brand. It's irrational, but, you know, there you go. I mean, QED. I've done nothing. No Christmas shopping whatsoever. I might start a little too late, honestly, for my own good sometimes. Maybe I'll be better this year. We'll see. Before we go very quickly, since we're on the topic of random grab bag of holidays, Wyatt made a point earlier that was somewhat amusing. Wyatt, I was talking about Thanksgiving being a purely American holiday. Wyatt just recently discovered another popular holiday is not exclusive to the United States. He is an America first kind of guy sometimes. But Wyatt, what did you learn this year? Wow, I'm being called out. Um, I I just feel (laughs) like... I just didn't know that Halloween was was a global thing. Like other countries celebrated Halloween, and I just found that out this year. I just thought it was an American thing. I thought it was just an American like folktale type thing that that people did, but supposedly other countries do it as well. Yeah, it's definitely a global thing. Maybe not every single place all around the world. It's not as widespread as some of these other holidays, but. It's grown in popularity. I think it's probably the biggest deal in the U.S. is kind of my sense of it, but. It's it's not purely American in the way that Thanksgiving is, which is why I'm such a fan, among other reasons. With that being said, here over in the U.K., we've got to go. We're out of time. Heading back to the United States, back home in the next couple of days, returning to the airwaves on Friday. We'll have guest hosts the next couple of days, so please do tune in for that. Obviously, lots of news happening, lots of news breaking, a very busy news week, even though we're kind of in the slowdown part of the year. Not this year. It seems like we don't really do slowdowns anymore in American politics. So with that, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you very soon. It is The Guy Benson Show. 
home stretch on this Friday, almost to the weekend together here on the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, free podcast every day. Bonus Benson on the weekends. If you're listening on the broadcast, our bumper song right there was one of the new big hits from Taylor Swift off of her new album. She's going on tour to perform all over the country, probably all over the world, I would imagine. The new stuff, the old stuff, everything in between. She's got a big fan base. I saw that the new album was like one of the most heavily streamed albums of all time, and her songs were just dominating the charts up and down. So she's had a very successful rollout here. Less successful are people's ability to get their hands on tickets to these concerts where on the secondary market, it's just insanely expensive. And on the primary market, it's really, really, really hard to get tickets. And in many cases, just impossible. You get on a wait list. Most people just sit on that wait list. Apparently, the system sort of crashed, and there's a big now feud with Ticketmaster. It seems like one thing Taylor Swift does a lot of is feuding. And her all of her legions of fans take her side and just like, get involved in these feuds with various people like her exes and other pop stars that are seen as rivals. Now I guess Ticketmaster is in the crosshairs, the fury of Swift World, because of whatever's happened here. I've just seen a bunch of people whining on social media about how hard it is to get tickets. And look, I mean, she's going to play a bunch of shows in front of huge stadiums, but... If there are more people who want to go, clearly that's the case, a lot more people who want to go than seats available, like that's a supply and demand issue. And I guess what's playing out has been a little bit messy and quite frustrating to a lot of folks. I have no interest in this. I've noted people's expressions of frustration I've noticed that they are posting about how they're having a hard time and what processes they're going through to try to somehow get a ticket and so on and so forth. And I I wish them well, hoping for the best. I'm hoping that all the people who love her can go see her. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And the sagas continue. Someone who is part of these masses of people who are trying to get tickets and cannot Now, one person who is among the masses of people trying to get tickets and who cannot, stuck in this ordeal, would be our very own producer, Christine, which I guess surprised me a little bit. I I don't really recall that she was a Swifty, as they call themselves. I know she's much more of a Nickelback kind of gal. So this is, I don't know if it's off-brand. It's a little bit on-brand, too, because... It's kind of a little bit basic, not to be offensive. I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. But, Christine, are you a big Swift fan, or what's going on here? I I calmly am going to say something to you mm-hmm. before I bring up the Taylor Swift concert. I don't understand how you can call me basic when you went to a Carly Rae Jepsen concert. Like, you don't have... What's the, the saying? A foot to stand on. Sneaker, shoe. I think it's a leg to stand on. Yeah, but that too. Except the thing is, Carly Rae Jepsen isn't basic. Like, basic is something that has mass, broad, sort of predictable appeal. 
Whereas Carly Rae, it's more of a niche fan base for people with true taste in pop music is sort of how I would describe it. Whereas Taylor Swift is like, okay, yeah, here we go. You and a gazillion other people. So that's why it's kind of basic. Like you're just standing in line for hours and hours and hours trying to get tickets, clutching your pumpkin spice latte in your live, laugh, love sweater, right? Like that's kind of the vibe I'm picturing here. So tell us about your efforts to get tickets, and have they been successful yet? Well, I just want to let you know, um, I'm off the pumpkin spice latte. It's now gingerbread spice lattes, so you can put that yes. out there. Well, case in point. I mean, that's, that has further solidified uh, my point. But, but please, on the ticket front, which yes. is the topic here, Sorry. Uh, uh, tell us about this. Bobby, we tried. We had you know those emails because of our credit card that we can get in line first before they went to the public, and no bueno. Like, the whole system went down. Then when Bobby tried again, I think he waited for, like, two hours. And I don't even want to tell you. We were ready to spend money because this is Megan. Besides Olivia Rodrigo, this is Megan's favorite singer. She loves T-Swift. She's made us Swifties because that's all we listen to, especially the new album. It is so, so good. Is it? Yes. Yes. Uh, it, okay. It is. Um, but no, to no avail. So I I really, really wanted to get these tickets, and that was going to be the big present for Mommy and Daddy for Christmas. We were going to, like, wrap it and put it in a box and everything, and nope. Thanks a lot, Taylor Swift. I'm just looking right now on StubHub Mm -hmm. at some of the tickets that are or are not available. So I guess in March, Taylor Swift will be in Vegas. I just picked a random concert. And way up in the sixth row of the 400 level in the nosebleed seats, the tickets start at like 540 bucks a pop. And then if I go like way closer down to the stage, I mean, it is a grand, two grand, in some cases, $3,000 per ticket. That's on StubHub. I'm, I'm on there too. We were looking and just to, because, you know, we're in the New York, New Jersey area. So it's MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And even to be in the 300s, I think it's like, I'm looking 900, 950 a ticket. It's just, wow. it's just, we can't, we can't do that. There has to be limits. That is extremely, extremely expensive. All right. So when she comes to this neck of the woods, let's just look at Philly. I'm going to click on a Friday night in Philadelphia, two tickets. If I want to sit right up close. Yeah. It's like 2,700. Here's one, $3,800 each. Then you get into like the first deck. It's close to $2,000. Then all the way in the upper deck. $898 each. I mean, this is this is really, really crazy what people are spending. You know, I was thinking about this. What would it take for me to get to a Taylor Swift concert? If someone offered me, you might recall Lady Gaga came over the summer to D.C. I like her music. She's got a lot of hits. And I, I think I probably like her music a little bit more than Taylor Swift. But someone offered me a suite, like to come to a suite with some other friends with some free drinks and see Lady Gaga, and I said yes. That was definitely an easy yes for me. I'm not sure how much money I would have spent out of my pocket to go see Lady Gaga. With Taylor Swift, if I were offered the same situation, like free tickets in a suite, free booze, I would say yes. 
But I'm not even sure, Christine, if I were offered completely free nosebleed seats, if I would accept them. Well, I just don't know if I really want it that badly. I don't think you will be. Um, this is a very, very hot commodity. Well, it's possible, but I mean, you know, I have connections. People offer me things, Christine. Maybe what I should do is if I get offered free Taylor Swift tickets, I should accept them and then sell them at a great profit to myself to you. What? Excuse me, Uncle Guy, wouldn't you want to give the gift of Taylor Swift to little Megan? I don't think I've ever met Megan, or maybe I did for like half a second once. And it really, this comes down to how much do you love your own child, right? I mean, if, if I'm giving you an opportunity to have these tickets for her, hypothetically, for a certain price, I mean, that's on you to make a decision. How much really do you love her? And I would hate to send a little message to Megan about what mommy had an opportunity to do and then didn't. All right, maybe I would just send Quiet Wyatt directly to talk to her, to tell her the truth about Santa, and then to also tell her about this. We could just, you know, rip off the Band-Aid all at once. I mean, these are tough choices and decisions that you have to make. You guys are just going to, like, ruin her speech. She's the happiest little girl ever. <laughs> and here comes Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Sit down, Megan. Got well, some stories you, to tell you. You keep us posted on whether you're able to end up securing tickets for Taylor Swift. I know there's a ton of competition out there. So many people trying to get them. All sorts of complaints. The Ticketmaster, whatever system they had, I guess, has just melted down. She's mad. Everyone's mad. And I am just blissfully uncaring about the situation. Uh, And, you know, good luck to all the Swifties out there. The new album was sort of fine as background music. Um, But I don't really think any of them are all that catchy. Although the song that we bumped in with isn't bad. And it actually reminds me a little bit of producer Christine. Like, it's you. Hi. You're the problem, it's you. Are you kidding? Only partially. <laughs> now, since we invoked Quiet Wyatt's name a moment ago, I don't know what we're about to talk about, but here on the rundown, I see a question written by Christine. Why is YY disappointed in Cookie again? Question mark. And I have no idea what this even references, because you guys wouldn't tell me earlier. Wyatt... Look, I understand. Setting aside all the generalized disappointment in Christine, what specifically are you talking about today? Well, just starting out, I just need to clarify. I will not be participating in the blackmail over Santa and the, you know, whole Taylor Swift thing. I'm not not going to. There's no blackmail. There's no blackmail. It's just more of Christine having to make tough choices (laughs) about her daughter, her love for her daughter. Her daughter's love for Taylor Swift, these tickets that I don't have but hypothetically would sell to her at quite a premium. I'd probably find whatever the least expensive seats were at the venue that day and then hit like $1 lower, and that would be my deal. It would actually be a real favor I'd be doing for Christine, and so she'd have to think about it. But, Wyatt, you're disappointed in Christine for a different reason. What has Cookie done now? Well, she told me that she does not like pot pie, which to me is just like— one of the best things ever, especially in winter. Like, to me, that is just like a quintessential winter food that you have. And she told me today that, oh, I do not, I I hate pot pie, just like she hates French onion soup. And I don't know how to react to this. Mm. 
That's a weird one to really hate. Christine, do you hate shepherd's pie, too? Do you just not like savory pies? Um, I don't hate shepherd's pie as much as I absolutely detest um, pot pie. I, when I was I was telling Wyatt, because he mentioned that he had made a homemade pot pie, and I said, oh, my gosh. I'm like, honestly, I'm getting, like, like just sick thinking about it just as much as I hate French That's onion very soup. Weird. I know. So um, when my when I was little, the rule was you ate. There was no options like we give kids now. Like whatever my mom cooked, you ate. And if you didn't want that, you had one other choice of a non-sugary cereal. Like you couldn't have, you know, Fruit Loops or something. You you could have Cheerios, plain, or whatever she had in there. And that was it. You had two options. So when I would see the pot pies coming out, I would start crying. I seriously cry. Because she was never, by the way, making French onion soup. I didn't have to worry about that. But there is something in pot pie that I, oh, I can't even like think about it. It's like that gelatinous. I don't know. There's like hmm. goo in there, hmm. and I, I cannot stand it. Huh. Well, Wyatt makes apparently homemade pot pies, which I'm sure are delicious. He puts a lot of effort into it. And Wyatt, I have a really good idea for the Christmas party that you guys are all coming to and Christine's coming down for. I think you should make a pot pie as a secret surprise gift for Christine and have it wrapped. We'll put it under the tree, and then we'll have her open it in front of everyone, and we'll see how she reacts. I'm sure it'll be calm and completely normal because that's the way we roll here. That's a strange one to really hate. Huh. I'll take that under advisement. Another layer of the cookie onion comes off, and I don't know what to make of it. I'll have the weekend to think about it. Back here on Monday for more of The Guy Benson Show. Enjoy your pre-Thanksgiving weekend. We will talk to you then. Have a great night. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.